Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of Film Etc., the only movie review podcast you need in life. My name is Mike Webb. I'll be your host, and I want to thank everyone who listened to our very first episode last week. We had such an incredible response, and I hope we get to continue that down the road. If you guys are new to the show, first off, welcome. Basically, this is a show where I review the new releases and grade them on a scale from 0 to 10 based on my personal opinion. And before we get started, I also want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day weekend. I hope you all are visiting with your families, as am I. But for this week, this is going to be a very short episode because we only have the two big new releases of the week, which are A Quiet Place Part 2 and Disney's Cruella. So without further ado, let's get started. Just to give you guys a heads up, I am autistic. I don't fully function with words in general, so you may hear me jumble up my words a little bit here and there. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy. A Quiet Place Part 2 is the sequel to 2018's A Quiet Place. It is once again written and directed by John Krasinski. He's the sole screenwriter this time around. It once again stars Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupe as the Abbott family. The film starts off with a prologue about how the family first stumbles upon these monsters the day they arrive. We then cut to where the first film was left off and now the Abbott family must head out to find others to seek shelter until they stumble upon an old friend named Emmett, played by Killian Murphy, hiding in a warehouse. Desperate, the Abbott family, along with Emmett, must figure out a way to survive this post-apocalyptic world and fend off these monsters for good. The film also stars Krasinski, who returns for a small role, as well as Jaiman Unsu. If you have not seen the first Quiet Place movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. It is great. It is basically essential viewing before you watch the sequel. It'll give you everything you need to know before you watch it. What I love about the first movie is that it's a very confined movie, but the sequel expands the world building, but not very much. I will say, though, it's not as great as the first movie, in my opinion, but it's still a worthy sequel. I mean, the 10-minute prologue is spectacular. It's very intense, and it feels very, very cinematic. The cats all return, and they give an amazing job. Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe. And even though Emily Blunt gets top billing, this is pr- basically Millicent Simmons's movie. Plus the addition of adding Killian Murphy, he is astonishing in this film. As I mentioned, it's more riveting and intense. The sound design kicks up a notch. It's a sequel that grounds more about its characters than an over-explanation about why the monsters are here in the first place. The cinematography is great. I love the parallel editing that you could see one scene happening around the same time within another scene that works extremely well. Marco Beltrami returns to score the film. He was actually nominated for a Golden Globe for scoring this movie. And I'm surprised he's returned. In fact, a lot of the key players have returned. And I did mention it's not as great as the first movie. Whereas the first movie, it heavily relies on this family survival. It's basically almost the same movie, just with adding a couple new characters in it. What works differently than the sequel is that I had some pacing issues, mainly towards the middle of the film. There's also a minor character that just comes and goes, but that doesn't have much of an impact to the story overall. There are some characters that get to stay confined, kind of like in the first movie. And when I walked out of the movie, I felt like they didn't do a lot. But then I realized, no, but 
no, they actually did do something to help keep them survived. So I would say it's not a bad thing. It's just I wanted to see a little bit more from those characters overall. And I won't tell you how it ends, but it for sure surprised me. And when it ended, I was like, oh, wait, that's it? And there's also one little nitpick. There's one jump scare throughout the entire film. Almost all the jump scares are very effective, but there's just one that I just felt was almost completely unnecessary. But overall, it is worth seeing on the big screen. You have to see this in a theater with a crowd. Basically, kind of like of how the first movie was when you were in a movie theater and the audience was just dead silent. No one could talk. No one was on their phone. Like you, you felt like you could hear a pin drop. And this applies to the sequel as well. So go out, get your money's worth. If you feel like you don't want to waste all that money and feel like you want to wait and watch it at home, don't worry. It'll be on Paramount Plus sometime in July. Anyway, guys, that's my review of A Quiet Place Part 2. And now here's my review of Cruella. Cruella is the latest installment in Disney's live-action remake slash reimagining of previous animated properties. It is based off of the character of Cruella DeVille from the book The 101 Dalmatians by Dottie Smith and was later adapted by Walt Disney for the 1961 animated film 101 Dalmatians. It is directed by Craig Gillespie, who's best known for directing other movies for Disney like Million Dollar Arm and The Finest Hours, as well as directing the Oscar-nominated films Lars and the Real Girl and I, Tanya. Cruella is the origin story of how young Estella, played by Emma Stone, aspires to be a fashion designer in 1970s London. When she's approached by the Baroness, played by Emma Thompson, she goes down a dark and dangerous path to become the notorious fashion designer known as Cruella DeVille. The film also stars Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser as her henchmen Jasper and Horace, Emily Beecham, Kirby Howell Baptiste, and Mark Strong. I like the original animated Disney film from 1961. I think it's a fun little animated film, but I've yet to see the Glenn Close remake of 101 Dalmatians that came out in the 1990s as well as its sequel, but Glenn Close does have an executive producer credit on the film. Take note of that. If Just imagine if Disney was making a version of Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread, but instead of Paul Thomas Anderson, it would be directed by Martin Scorsese. And I found this movie to be fun and entertainingly chaotic throughout. I think Emma, Emma Stone is brilliantly cast as Cruella DeVille. She brings out this crackling energy inside that you just feel like is going to explode at any moment. Emma Thompson is basically doing her version of Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. She is just evil to watch and just chews up the scenery. Paul Walter Hauser, in my opinion, is the scene stealer. He steals every scene he's in. He is fully committed to this role as this comedic relief character playing one of her henchmen, Horace. The costume design by Jenny Bevan are dazzling and exquisite. I can easily see this as an early front runner for the Oscar for Best Costume Design. I also like the look of the punk rock aesthetic around 1970s London. Like, that was engaging to watch. I wouldn't call this a kid-friendly Disney film. No, this is more like an, a m little more adult-oriented. There's a scene early on in the film where Estella gets drunk and vandalizes a store window. Like, it, it's not a film for little kids. I would say that it's a very dark Disney film. I, I would not recommend it for, like, children probably under the age of 10, I would say. Now, 
Despite all those things that I mentioned, I have some qualms with this. Main reason number one, it's too long. It is two hours and 14 minutes. It does not need to be this long. I feel the story to be a little bloated in some parts. There are some predictable moments that I found coming a mile away. There are some characters that I found to be a little one note, particularly Joel Fry's Jasper and Mark Strong. Mark Strong's character has this like one crucial scene that's like filled with exposition. But other than that, he has very little to offer. And most of the soundtrack choices were very on the nose, very obvious. And there were some songs that didn't bother me too much, but I, I just would have take out one particular song and put it in with another. There's also a little nitpick of inaccuracy. I mentioned this takes place in 1970s London. There's one part of the film where they play Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash, but that song was released in 1981. I don't like when movies are inaccurate. I mean, there are a couple exceptions like A Night's Tale where they use a modern day soundtrack in a medieval setting. But other than that, guys, those are my thoughts on Cruella. Now let's wrap this up and call it a day. So this is how I grade the new releases. If I give them somewhere between an 8.1 all the way up to a 10, it is a high recommendation for me. Somewhere between a 7 to an 8, it's still a recommendation, but not as like an overwhelming sense of like, you must go see it immediately. Somewhere between a 6 to a 6.9, I was like, it's fine. I don't, I don't buy it 100%. Somewhere between a 5 to a 5.9, and it was like, it's just middle ground. Like, it's just an average film. Anything below a 5, I would just not bother whatsoever. Anyway, for Cruella, on a scale of 0 to 10, I would give this a solid 7. I failed to mention this is available in theaters and on Disney+, Plus, available on their Premiere Access, where you pay $30 for it. Again, it's too long but I still had fun watching it and some of the story elements did not work. Some of the characters did not work for me. I still thoroughly recommend it for what it is. It could be like top three for like of all the live action Disney films that I've seen so far in my life. Again, a, a solid recommendation for Cruella. And then A Quiet Place Part 2. I'm going to give this an 8.1 out of 10. This is like the lowest I would give for like a high recommendation. It's one you have to seek out on the big screen. Don't wait for it at home or like on Blu-ray or streaming or something like that. Just go rush to the movie theater, get that popcorn ready. You will not be disappointed. And that is it for the new releases this week. You guys, I am two episodes into this podcast and I'm feeling like on top of the world right now. I hope I get to continue down on where this show is going to go. But otherwise, guys, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Even though it's kind of a a short episode, there weren't a lot of movies that come out. But next week, I'll be back with kind of a catch-up week where I want to take my mom to see Dream Horse starring Tony Collette. We've been wanting to uh, see it for a little bit, but due to some uh, scheduling issues, we couldn't fit that in. Anyway, guys, you can follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RealMikeWeb. Make sure you subscribe and follow the show on wherever you get your episodes. Please leave us a good rating and tell your friends all about it. And have a happy Memorial Day weekend, you guys. And until next time, I'll see you all at the cinema.